Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forest Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM Podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, double I, dot com. Hey guys, so thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we know that it is a crazy time out there. Um, We want to be really sensitive to what's going on in the world right now. It's not only impacting our industry, but it's everybody on a worldwide level. WIM, as a community, we're here for you. We're posting very, very actively in our Facebook group um, to share opportunities, to share insights, to um, really, truly help each other out in this time of need. Um, everybody is feeling it and, um, we really need to all be there for each other. We talk about that a bit in this episode. WIM was created with this in mind. We're a community that supports each other, lifts each other up, um, and helps each other. And now more than ever, we have the opportunity to be there for each other. I can speak on behalf of the influencers that I personally represent and say that while they're hesitant to post messaging that doesn't acknowledge what's going on in the world and how it's hugely impacting people, they're also eager to use their platforms for good. Brands need to understand that they can and they should be a part of that. We need to encourage companies to look at the big picture of our economy and insist that people stop panicking and start helping. Influencers have the ability to calm people down and share helpful information with hundreds of thousands of people. I think we all need to encourage brands to join in on that so we can make an impact during a really difficult time. Some of the best campaigns I know we've all seen are campaigns with a message. As decision makers in this industry and influencers in your own right, We need to do what we can to encourage brands to keep spending on digital, but we need to teach them how to do it right. Just be real about including some messaging about the world right now, but life needs to go on so that we're all okay. It's okay to buy products right now. Just do it responsibly. It's okay to send someone a gift because they just got laid off or subscribe to a new food delivery service because families need to cut costs and stay inside. Teach people how they can lice all down boxes that arrive. Influencer marketing has always been the most economic, quick, and far-reaching form of advertising. It's our responsibility to keep that front of mind. Keep utilizing WIM and everything that it has to offer. Please continue to network and share resources. It's so important this time more than ever that we all stick together. Please know that you're all in our thoughts. We have to collectively remain positive, optimistic, and maybe hustle a little more than we ever did before. But just know it's that hustle that made you great in the first place. You are so strong, smart, and completely capable. You can get through this. You can get through anything. And with that being said, we have an incredible episode for you with Shannon Truax. And uh, let's jump into it now. Shannon Truax is a marketing professional with a strong track record in building brands, engaging consumers, inspiring teams, and driving results. 
Over the last decade, Shannon has worked with some of the biggest brands across client, agency, and the publisher side. Most recently, she served as Global VP Brand Social at GoDaddy, where she built out all their social programming from the ground up. Before that, she led social distribution and influencer marketing at Group 9 Media, headed the social department at iCrossing, and worked on the Land Rover business at Wonderman. Prior to her move to New York City, Shannon spent eight years at Microsoft and was an AP English teacher. She earned her bachelor's and master's degrees at the University of Washington. So Shannon, it is so, so nice to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Um, I was you know, looking to explore some new people, some new guests on the podcast and sort of looking through, you know, past, uh, I don't know, lunches that I've gone to and breakfast that I've had. And I was like, what is Shannon up to lately? Like, I was just so kind of excited to get back in touch and see what you've been up to. You've, um, I don't know, you've always impressed me truthfully with, you know, all the work that you've been doing throughout the years and, um, I don't know your spirit. So uh, we heard a little bit about you in the intro to this episode, a little bit about your background, but describe just to everybody listening from your own lips, tell everybody a bit about, you know, you and how you uh, got to working in influencer marketing in the first place. I would be happy to share a bit about my background. Uh, You know, when I joined the workforce, my goodness, it's hard to believe it's been over 15 years ago. um, There wasn't social media marketing. There wasn't an influencer networking understanding. Uh, These things were not part of the marketing mix like YouTube and Facebook. These things didn't exist at all. But I was drawn to the profession of teaching. And I actually was an AP English teacher and I got my master's in teaching. And, you know, when I think about the marketing that I do today and the importance of community and storytelling, I I brought that to my classroom. You know, when you think about 37 kids in a class, they all need to understand Huck Finn, read the book, participate, get the themes, and they're all different learners. So every day for years as a teacher, I would think about developing a plan a variety of different uh, ways to enact a lesson to make sure everybody could get on the same page. Everybody in that classroom was a very diverse audience. And as I you know, was living and breathing in this space and I saw technology start to happen all around me, I went over to Microsoft and helped them launch a brand new product and service called Windows Live. And they loved that I had no tech experience because back then, uh, and this was the early 2000s, it was this unknown space that everyone knew these social and digital spaces would be the next wave of marketing. People didn't quite know how, right? And it was this new landscape. And I got involved writing user experience in products like Messenger, Hotmail, help content. How do I retrieve my password that I forgot? MSN spaces, right? Before there was even a Friendster. Um, You know, these different, technology started to crop up. And I knew that the heart of what I am about is connecting with diverse audiences through inspiring stories and information exchange. And as the space that we work in today evolved, I knew that it was something that I really wanted to be part of. And and how I got into social was through launching my own blog and creating my own content and shopping it around at Microsoft to eventually lead social for Microsoft Store before moving into New York City eight years ago. And then coming from that sort of client side experience, I knew that having agency and publisher side experience would be invaluable. And so I worked on on those sides of businesses. And, you know, I'm still in the space today. And I think, you know, people at the beginning in the early 2000s, you know, said things like, this is a fad. This is uh, silly. I don't want to know what you ate for breakfast. That's all people are posting. I knew that it would be more than that. And I don't think anybody today would call any of the work that we do a fad or going away anytime soon. In fact, I think that it's gaining steam and it's going to become even bigger than we can imagine. And, and it's a landscape that changes so quickly. So, you know, for me, I, I'm really happy that I, I don't know if it was a hunch. I don't know if it was a, a deep passion for the storytelling and the technology that existed, but I knew it was a space I wanted to spend my career and I am not walking away from it anytime soon. Nor should you. We hope that you, I hope that you don't. 
Um, I'm really excited <laughs> to, you know, hear about, um, you know, the, just the, your journey. I find, you know, everybody comes to influencer marketing in a very different way. No one studied this in school. Um, I love that you were a teacher first. I think that's just such a beautiful thing. Um, and I, and I, and that hearing your story, I don't know, it, it lines up so well for me. Like it makes so much sense why you are where you are today, because I see such a unique path where every piece of it informed uh, the next one and the next one and the next one and just built upon it all and uh, and got you to where you are today. So I think that for everybody listening, that's just such an important um, thing to keep in mind that everybody's journey looks different and, um, and it might not be yeah. a straight path necessarily, but it all very much informs and helps um, your skill set, just wherever your your most recent place is that you land. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I actually agree with that a lot. I, I always say that my career has been a spiral staircase going up rather than a straight ladder, right? And as you climb up that spiral staircase, you pick up so many different experiences and relationships. I can't emphasize the power of building a network, Right. And you pick up skills, experience and relationships as you go through that spiral staircase. Uh, and, it, and it's been very beneficial for me to think about my career that way rather than a direct ladder, for example. And, and so talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, this is, you know, you're talking to members of WIM, a networking group. So, yes, a lot of the women in this group, of course, value networking. But, you know, I would challenge people listening, you know, are you networking in the best way? Um, what are some ways that you found in your life that are the best ways to truly network and build your relationships with people? I think when you approach people, you, you can't approach them with this idea of what can you do for me? It's nobody's job to give you a job, give you an experience, right? It's a mutually beneficial relationship that makes the relationship long lasting and meaningful, right? So I think about when I approach new people who I want to get to know, be open to learning about them and how I can help them because they will help me too. And it's this idea of mutual benefit that builds the longest lasting uh, meaningful relationships. And I think a lot of people uh, who try to network do it in a way that is a bit self-serving and not thinking of the other person and how they can help them in return. And so I always like to remind people of that. Um, networking is also something to be done when you're gainfully employed, not just when you're looking for a job, for example. Um, you, you never know. Sometimes it's loose ties that give you the biggest opportunity and you don't know when those will uh, come up, right? So, you know, thinking about anybody and everybody, talk to anybody in a mutually beneficial way, no matter what position you're at. You know, some people don't make time for people. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. But you know what? Taking that few minutes creates that enough of a touch point that you never know where that touch point can grow. It's so and it's true. it's important to remember that. Don't, you know, so I just think like the biggest mistake people make is this idea of, oh, I need something because I'm in X position, so now I'm gonna network. It doesn't work that way. You know, it really needs to be authentic over time and mutually beneficial the whole way. It does. And it's so funny that we use the word, you know, authentic. It's such a buzzword in influencer marketing is about authenticity. But like, I mean, you are spot on, I think. And it's so true. Like, don't have it be so opportunistic that, you know, you are suddenly reaching out to a bunch of people just when it when you seemingly yeah. need something, you know. And I think that right. what could get ahead of that and keep it authentic is to just explore your own curiosity in people, you know, like hopefully you're in influencer marketing because you enjoy it. So, you know, just like exploring that curiosity and exploring that joy of what we love to do and, and just like the, the, you know, the, the um, excitement that it is to just have an enjoyable conversation with another person in the industry. Um, you know, I, I, I'll speak personally. I feel like early in my career, I was always one to keep 
business and pleasure very, very separate. Like I wouldn't even necessarily, you know, like socialize with coworkers. Like I always just, I thought that was my idea of what, you know, a business woman should be. Like I should keep it very, very separate. Um, and I think that I've getting a little bit older, I think I found a nice balance because I also won't, you know, I don't think that it should be all the other side either where you're, you know, going out every night with colleagues and things like that. But there is a really nice in-between where, you know, you feel like you can have a shared human experience with people. You feel like you can open up to people. You feel like you can, you know, ask about them and, and their journey and, you know, just about them in their lives and who they are. And just again, like, it's just, it's a shared human experience. Um, while also, you know, being professional and, and keeping in mind that this, of course, is a business relationship. But I don't know. I, I'll speak personally. I feel like the, you know, later on in my career when I started sort of just opening up to some more people and more asking questions of them, having that curiosity, I feel like it really helped build relationships. What are your thoughts on that? I think that people love when you're interested in them, right? That That's why it's two ways. It's like we can learn from one another. One hundred percent. You know, I think there is this pressure on some of the, I don't know, the, the overachievers in all of us. And I know that you and I can sometimes fall into this bucket of performing. And when you go into performance mode, you are pushing yourself on people, right? Like, I know all this stuff. Look at me. I can do this. I can do that. But sometimes it's better to not do that and sit back and listen and let someone else tell you their story and how they do it. And it's and that's okay. We don't have to always feel like we have to perform because that can really backfire when you think about what it takes to build a meaningful relationship. And you said all of those right things about opening up personally and having a curiosity. And and I and I use the word authentic not as a buzzword, but as I'm actually curious. I actually care, right? I'm not just doing this and ignoring you or not listening to you, I'm going to ask you a follow-up question because I'm listening. Sometimes we ask questions, people answer, and you're already in your head thinking about the next thing you're gonna say and not listening to what they're saying, right? But when you approach the conversation with that real genuine authentic curiosity, um, you are in a much better place to build that meaningful relationship that you're looking for. 100%, oh, I love that too. Like just the, the, the idea of just like giving yourself permission to, um, to have that curiosity and to just like, you know, just be yourself. Um, but like more of what mm -hmm. you said, you know, just, we don't have to perform. Um, I, you know, I, right. we've had people on the podcast before talk about this to a certain extent. So I do find it really interesting, you know, this idea of being somebody that you think you should be in a business setting, um, professionally, what have you, um, there is something to that. Like there is a conversation there to have, I, I, cause this, this isn't the first time I've heard it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like how, you know, what's your journey been personally and, you know, just becoming more of yourself, um, as you've furthered your own career, what do you bring now to your, your, you know, your professional life that you think that you didn't early on? I think, um, gosh, it's, it's difficult in a professional setting, especially when you're new in your career to really be yourself because you want, at least for me, I wanted people to like me, right? Mm -hmm. So there were so many things along the way where I just felt like saying yes, even though I may not have thought it was right, because I was trying to be liked by the larger team, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think that you can have your point of view and conviction as a professional. You don't have to be liked, but you have to do what's right. Mm -hmm. And how you communicate that is important. To communicate, I don't agree with you, and here's why, in a way that's respectful, that can help the greater good of the group in coming together to one solution, is hard. But it, it might be the right thing to do. You also don't want to do it in a way that's like, because I said so, right? Mm -hmm. Because collaboration is very important. So I think, you know, as I, I go through my 
my I go through in my head, you know, my career, I know as that young 20 year old, 20 mid 20s at Microsoft, gosh, just yes, the heck out of everybody. Get people to say I'm a team player. But that hurts the team. That's not doing the right thing, right? It's the right thing is, hey, I have data and I have a point of view based on my experience and I'm not going to push my opinion, but I want to share my informed opinion in a respectful way and see if we might get to a better solution together. That professionally will earn way more respect than agreeing and saying yes to whatever crosses the desk. Absolutely. And I feel like just leaning in, um, you know, the just caring about the work, um, like that alone, you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like a lot of it is, you know, it's subtleties that aren't necessarily even communicated in words, right? Like, it, it's just like right. knowing which people you work with really care about the work or care about you as a colleague or care about the business and like you're all in it together. So, you know, I, it's interesting, you know, to hear what you can say verbally, how you can act, uh, you know, professionally, but also just like what you can communicate even in, you know, in body language and just, you know, just a camaraderie that you can build amongst colleagues in a, in any sort of work environment. Um, I, I also want to, uh, you know, talk a little bit about, um, you know, the the career that you've had. Um, I again spans from you know teaching to working at huge companies like Microsoft and Group Nine and GoDaddy. I mean, these are all very very recognizable company names. Um, so you know. Being um, a successful female in, you know, businesswoman, um, what have, you know, what are things that you've learned from others who preceded you? Um, and what are some things that you would love to share with other women who aspire to be like you, who aspire to have had a career like yourself, who are listening to this podcast and really looking for some advice? Um, are there any sort of key takeaways, key learnings that people have taught you or that you'd love to communicate to anyone else listening? Yeah, I, I, there's, there's, there's a lot of things, but I think one very important lesson is that your career isn't a constant competition. You don't have to run people over in the workplace to feel that you're going to get promoted. And when other people around you get promoted, celebrate that. Help people get a promotion. You know, I, I gosh, at Microsoft, these big companies have a review system that is some of the most intense in the world. And I heard people, honestly, people say, you know what, it doesn't benefit me to give my colleague a solid review. I always put in two or three negative things just on principle, because I want to make sure that, that I end up staying ahead. So I always throw in something else. You know, that's one way to do business. But the people who I've had the most respect for and I have watched get the furthest in their career and help me get the furthest in mine are people that take a different perspective. Celebrate each other's success. Work together to meet a team goal. Give everybody credit, right, who deserves it. This is not just slash and burn everyone around you to end up at the top and grab what you can, but help people. Find, find other people in the organization who have done something great, raise them up. And women in today's world, um, you know, there's a lot of conversation about this and we are seeing women doing this to other women much more than in the past. But I do think that some people still forget that sometimes and we're not quite there. I think really as an industry at large, it's really good to have these conversations and remind one another that importance of celebrating everybody and helping one another and rise together. We do. We have to remind ourselves, you know, like for for good, for bad, or it's just, you know, I'm not even going to define it. You know, we forget, you know, life gets busy, you know, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Um, so the point that you're making, which really hits home, I so agree with is, you know, you just, you got to remind yourself of, of these little things because they're seemingly a lot larger things. They're very impactful things. Um, you know, again, it's like, 
or it's like putting out there in the universe what you want back to you. Um, and, you know, just try the, trying these things um, and seeing what comes back, I think, alone could be proof that it's something that could be successful for you. Um, I love that so, so much. Um, you know, what what else have, uh, you know, have you learned um, when it comes to, you know, being a woman in, in work? Like, what, um, you know, what happened some trying times for you? You know, sometimes those are the moments that we learn the most and they're not necessarily pretty. They're certainly not glamorous. And in the moment, especially, they don't feel easy. Um, but we all go through them. And one thing that we really want to encourage in WIM, definitely on this podcast, people listening, is just for us to be like honest about even the tough moments too, you know, we, we work in, in social media where everything is very edited and polished and, you know, all of that on social media. And, um, it's, it's nice to hear, I'll speak personally when people are, you know, just honest about the things that aren't going so well sometimes. I mean, you know, right now, for example, we're going through a very trying time in the world. It's, it's actually a collective experience, um, with COVID-19 and, you know, uh, you know, speaking personally as a small business owner, um, other people who are looking for, you know, who are, are not employed, who are just became unemployed, who, you know, there's a lot of fear out there. We work with influencers who, um, you know, this is, this is their entire livelihood. A lot of people who are influencers, this is their main, you know, they are the breadwinners in their families. Um, and a lot of things are just uncertain right now. So I think that, you know, I'm not looking for a COVID-19, um, reference of course, but, I would love to hear, you know, just a time in your career when, you know, you were disappointed or you did hear no or something didn't go your way. Um, and either, I don't know how you would have done it differently, or if you think you did handle it well, you know, talk to us about those instances. Um, I'd love to hear a moment where you just, uh, surmounted something and came across it. The other side really took something, um, and learned from it. I do just want to quickly say that I think it's important as content creators, especially influencers, to be very thoughtful about what they put out right now. And I think there is a place, especially in the coming weeks ahead, there absolutely is a place for valuable content. It's a matter of doing it in a way that doesn't come off as desperate, pushy, salesy, especially just not sharing news that's not quite real or adding to the doom and gloom. I don't know that it's helpful to kind of lean into fears right now, but instead to think about our platform as an opportunity to help raise people's levels of innovation, solution-based response, a little bit of joy during a trying time. Right. Um, I, I feel like those are sorts of the key things. We're going to start seeing content coming out of this with, with those principles in mind is my prediction. I don't see everything completely shutting off, but I think we want to be very responsible and thoughtful about the narrative that we're creating in our spaces as everybody is involved in this. Um, every single person right now, no matter how wealthy or how not wealthy, everyone in between, everyone kind of has an even chance here of catching on. And, and we want to be thoughtful of people who every day are putting themselves out there to serve us, right? The, the, the po post office, um, delivery workers, grocery store workers, doormen in our buildings, I, the list goes on. And, and to everyone I didn't mention, I could list a lot of folks all day here. The point is that when we think about all of these people who are helping what can we do on our side to be part of the solution and help to bring joy in a meaningful way that's not going to add to doom and gloom or something that appears to be desperate or self-serving? Now it's more important than ever to be responsible with our content and our point of view and use it to help. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that's a huge opportunity. And I think it's going to actually be important in the coming weeks.
you couldn't have said it better. I mean, it's probably arguably one of the most important thing in the coming weeks. And I think what you said, I mean, many things of what you just said were so spot on, but one of them is just recognizing, you know, the power maybe that each of us have, whether you're an influencer with a hugely influential platform to be able to reach hundreds of thousands of people who are incredibly like testing, like they're being tested right now, you know, professionally, personally, emotionally, all of those things. So just know that the power that they, they have and, and to hopefully use that for good. Um, but you know, then on the industry side, you know, we all can make a huge impact here. And, um, I, I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Um, I definitely would love to hear your thoughts. I feel like, you know, we're all immersed in these conversations um, with brands, with agencies, PR firms, you know, everybody who touches influencer marketing. If we all sort of understand the power that these con- our, our contribution to these conversations has, I think that together we can come out of this even maybe even stronger than when we started. Um, I think that just, you know, uh, talking on a human level, People are, are nervous right now. They There's a lot of uncertainty, things like that. I think that instead of, you know, going immediately to this panicky place or, you know, this unknown uncertainty, I think that we all have to collectively help each other through this by calming each other down and coming up with solutions. Like, the, you know, you can put your energy in all sorts of different places, especially in a time like this where there's a million things going on. I think it's helpful, right, to, to have people just focus in on what's going to be most productive, what's going to help us here. Um, and to your point, just being solutions oriented is is the way, is, is arguably one of the most important yeah focuses to have right now. So, you know, what are so, some of the solutions, you know, it, it, that you have in mind for, you know, ways to navigate through this really difficult time? Well, I think that it's important to look within ourselves and say, what don't I know that I need to learn? Take this time to pause and learn. I, I actually want to be better at Excel. It has nothing to do with even me being, you know, a social media marketer, but I actually think it will help me better visualize and understand my data as I think about my businesses. And that's something that I kind of know, but I could be more of an expert. This is one example. There are so many things out there, uh, but there's so many online sort of education courses and things. And I think it's important to take this time to make ourselves stronger with some new kind of a skill. I think that's one piece of it. I think it's also important for us to think about how we can help people. So, for example, right now, um, you know, my family owns a bar in New Jersey. It's like a liquor store, a reception hall, a bar. They serve food. And we've had this business for 65 years. And as of yesterday, you know, New Jersey has closed these sort of establishments. But my, my family can run the, the liquor store portion. So last night I sat down with her. And I said, let's get creative around how we can revamp the menu together that involves easy ways to pick up, grab and go, meals for families. Let's reinvent the menu at hand and not do business as usual, but think about the needs that people have today in your community and how you can serve them and make it easier. And then let's think about Instagram posts that we can build out, Facebook posts to message to the community that Keelan's is providing this new menu with them in mind. So so part of it is I want to do what I can to help somebody else. I want to learn something new myself. And I want to make sure that everything that I'm putting out in social and the conversations that I'm having are lifting people up and spreading the right information by trusted news sources. And I want to always think about as we're coming out of this, what are the fresh ideas that I can bring to my craft? And every day, um, I'll, I'll be working towards thinking about what that looks like, right? And and pulling together my own my own plan for you know when I'm you know fully functioning back in an office workplace and not in the house anymore. You know how 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 do I want to treat every day, and how do I want to treat my craft based on all these things that you know I'm, I'm doing while we're all home, um, quarantining ourselves to protect everybody. Um, this is a really important time. It's very rare to have this time. 
to focus on these kinds of things. That's so true. I mean, just taking advantage of um, t- t- the ramp up time, right? I mean, you know, things yeah. are, are being paused, things are being hold. So, okay, like, but what can I do during this invaluable mm-hmm. time that I actually didn't have before because I was trying to keep my head above water with all of this work? Like, right. it's going to bounce back. And, you know, there's a lot that could be done with with new time, newfound time. Um, and and so how we- can we help people too, right? It's help mm-hmm. ourselves, let's better ourselves with this time to refocus and learn. But again, looking around, who can we help? Right. And I will say that the thinking that I'm putting into um, the family business, I I haven't I mean, it it actually makes me reflect. It's like, well, gosh, you know, my my whole family in New Jersey is running that thing like clockwork. It's a tight ship. You know, I'm doing my thing over here in marketing in the city, but I'm actually going to pause and give give my help over here where I haven't in the past. And together we're going to get through this. Right. And I think that it's important for all of us to think that way. Is there somebody, family, friend, colleague, can we extend what we're good at to help someone right now, even if it's unpaid? Can we do that? Because it's, again, for the greater good of economy and business. Can we use the skills that we have to help while we're brushing up on our own thing and getting better in our own profession, too? I think both of those things will benefit the larger economy and world in huge ways. Um, 100%. And I also think that it's just even broadening our um, own understanding of our own skill sets even, right? Like working in influencer marketing, you've got to got you have to have a huge amount of skill sets to be able to be in this industry yeah. because it's not a very focused industry. It, you've got to have a lot of, you know, video skills, photography skills, you know, written skills, uh, people skills, all sorts of different things. I was going to say, sales, client services. All of those, all of those things. And also just recognizing that that's, you know, we're in a very unique industry. It's a really modern industry. It's, it's, you know, full of people who have all of these wide variety of skill sets. So also in that spirit of what can I do to help? How can I collaborate? Also know that like we're uniquely positioned so that um, the people that we are working with, uh, we're working with really successful, brilliant people are among us. So imagine what we can do together if we put our heads to it, you know, I mean, and hopefully just be inspired by that. Again, this, this nature of this idea of curiosity, this, this idea of trusting one another, um, really uh, admiring one another and respecting each other. Um, Again, just imagine what we can do together. Um, So I, I hope, that, you know, this conversation that we're having um, can really encourage people listening to to just explore that a bit more. Um, I agree with you so much that like, it's a trying time. And like, we got to stay positive about it. Like we have to stay optimistic. And we really and, and, you know, two heads are better than one in all in all instances. So um, and and the, the innovation, right, as well. Maybe mm-hmm. we, we do things a little differently now, but hey, it's, at the end of the day, to your point, we are expanding our thinking and our skill sets when we're forced to innovate in this new way. And that in the long run can be a good thing. It, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I would arguably say that it always is a good thing right? to push ourselves out of our comfort zones. I mean, you know, I, I for example, I feel like you know, influencer marketing has gone through so many different stages in its infancy. People were saying it was the Wild West. And then, you know, a few years later, people were like, oh, it's not the Wild West for me anymore. Like, <laughs> we've established all yeah. these, you know, procedures and ways of doing things. And maybe it's, you know, people arguably even got a little bit too comfortable with it, resting on the same um, ways of doing it for for a bit. And, you know, the idea of having to push ourselves to continue to push ourselves to think, how can we do this a little bit differently to get in front of a little bit more people to do this maybe, you know, more economically, more efficiently. Um, it's it's going to push everybody out of their comfort zone. And, and I, I hope people just embrace that, you know, yeah. And earlier, your question had had two parts. And I, I did sort of go go off for a while about the current state of affairs, which I think is OK. But you asked me about um, a moment in my career that was hard for me and how I got over it. Yep. 
I, and I want to go back to that because the moment that came to my mind when you when you said that a few moments ago, it does involve influencer marketing. And, um, you know, I, I want to share this story. Uh, I, th I think it will be beneficial for this audience to think about. And it, and it also was very innovative as well to come to a solution. But, you know, in one, one of my former positions, influencer marketing was a newer sort of thing for this company at the time. And um, there was a sales component and there was an execution component in my organization. And folks that didn't quite understand the nuances of what an influencer does, their reach, their posting, their writing, all those things you just talked about, doesn't really get what, what that really is about, contracted with a client a deal that my recommendation was to do this the right way, the level of content that we need and the reach that we need for the budget that we have in this sale. We probably you know, really can pull this together with five solid influencers but then you have the person that doesn't quite understand the business like i do go off and do contracting and sales and whatnot and after talking and having a lovely conversation with with the the client actually contracts 50 influencers but the sale was the same we had the same money but instead of executing something meaningful with five people we are now forced to execute with 50, same budget, okay? Now, for me, being the one left holding the bag here, how, how do you possibly do that? And, you know, my first thought was panic, <laughs> and I did do that for a second, but at the end of the day, you know, we're in this together. You can't say, oh, well, too bad they messed up. I guess we're going to lose our shirt on this one. That's not the way I work. That doesn't help the situation. So, you know, what I what I did was, you know, go back and well, hey, you know, we didn't actually when you have this this number, there's nothing around the definition of what influencer means here. And I have a very strong point of view that mobilizing tens, if not hundreds of nano influencers at a low pr price point proposed because they're very nano in nature. Nano, I think of nano just for definition. I think of it about under a thousand, around that thousand mark. And then just above that too, you know, if we can show the client data around mobilizing many smaller level influencers being very powerful and doing a mix where now we'll pop up and do some micro and some macro as well, but only sprinkle in fewer of those. I think we can show the client, we can deliver on the 50 people and maneuver it a bit where they can feel that in this research, they're better off having so many nano folks in nature out on the campaign and then tapped into some very high level macro influencers who I'd worked with in the past, talked to them about the situation. I had like little to no money. And you know what? Those influencers for that one particular project saw value in it because it made their portfolio grow in a different direction. Um, they liked working with my firm and me and knew that I was consistently giving them business anyway, and there would be more to come. I ended up using this um, kind of multi-prong approach of getting people in my network on board, selling into the client that we can add huge impact with this smaller scale, and then gave everybody um, a cheat sheet for the project because nano influencers don't necessarily have as much experience. It involved more coaching from me. At the end of the day, I only came up on the budget by something like $800 more than what it originally was supposed to be. It was very, very small in the big picture. It was basically the same thing. I did have to come up a touch. But the point was that campaign was fantastic. It actually was better than any of us could have imagined. And it, it, it involved collaboration, relationships, innovation, research, presenting data, uh, me coaching and playing playing a coach myself into folks that don't really ever do this because they're just getting started. Um, and, and that moment taught me a lot. And I think the takeaway that I was most proud of was that I didn't publicly fault the person who just didn't know and made that mistake, right? It, it, I, I showed up for the company and for that person, and it was a learning opportunity for everybody. And I guarantee that never happened again.
And it ended up working out really well. And I think having that perspective throughout the process um, and that attitude and collaboration is really what made it work out as well as it did. That's such a success story. And I, I, that's such a great example. So thank you for sharing that with everybody. Cause what a, what a great story that is. I mean, the amount of learnings that come from that, the amount of success that came from that. And, um, I love that. So thank you for sharing it. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. So, um, moving forward, I think that, um, people are, um, anxious to hear what the future of influencer marketing looks like. Um, I think that, you know, we've had new platforms come in just in, you know, the last few months, like TikTok, for example, and, you know, new platforms are popping up, you know, every, every so often we get them. Um, I would say fewer than that every so often we, you know, one really takes off. Um, right you know, different kinds of influencers are popping up, different tactics, things like that. Just speaking, um, you know, in terms of the work that we're all looking to achieve, what would excite you? What trends would you like to see in terms of influencer marketing in the future? Well, I think influencer marketing, it will continue to be one of the most important marketing vehicles in a marketer's mix, for sure. Um, We are able to quantify value in so, so many more quantifiable ways than we have in the past. Sales, engagement, tools can help us really understand the audience. It's not just a mixed bag where you don't know if they're real people or not, or you don't know what you're going to get, or, oh, I have likes. All of that guesswork is really being removed. And it, we're seeing more and more that influencer marketing is a very important part of a marketing mix with measurable positive results. It just is. And I I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. And I think with new platforms like TikTok, for example, if you're a big brand, sometimes it can take a lot of time to launch into something new, right? It's hard at big companies to necessarily be nimble whenever you want and get funding to fully resource a new TikTok channel out of nowhere. You have to figure out ways to get budget. You have to figure out ways to prove value. And I think actually partnering with influencers in those platforms at that time is a great way for brands to do that. And I think there's a huge opportunity for influencers in new platforms to partner with brands and do that the right way. And I think there's a huge opportunity there because brands aren't necessarily going to hire teams to go into new spaces that are unknown, but they want to be there and they want to test and learn. And an influencer who is a partner is a very, very smart way to do that business. In the time that we're in right now, um, I think that it's really important to analyze exactly what you were just saying, that, you know, it's a really economical and strategic and in most instances, effective marketing and advertising strategy to work with influencers, right? And so um, I, 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 you know, look, in, in, um, in trying times, there are certainly going to be budgets that are cut. But my hope is that budgets are just reallocated. And, um, you know, when there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's an opportunity to do things more efficiently and more effectively, um, you know, influencer, working with an influencer can be an incredible opportunity for a brand who, you know, might have to um, just refocus their marketing efforts. Um, and, you know, with an influencer, you've got a videographer, the talent, you know, the yeah. distribution, all of a number of different things, all creative, creative uh, yes, all in one, one, uh, person. Um, they're a one-stop shop, uh, personal agency to be able to help your business. And so I don't want any of us to, rem- to forget that, you know, the power of influencer marketing might arguably be the most powerful thing right now with everything going on. And, and to, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, guys like sh- people should really 
uh, avoid the panic, avoid the as much as possible um, and just focus on what works. And, you yeah. know, it's it's not bullshit here. Like it, that's why influ- mar- influencer marketing was effective, you know, a month ago before COVID-19 ever even was a thing. Um, and it's just as effective today. So keep keep infusing that into your conversations, remind people about the power that it has, because I feel so strongly that, you know, this could help a lot of people, you know, to your point earlier in the conversation. And I, I hear such a a beautiful theme that you've been trying to communicate and doing it so well, which is, you know, the spirit of really helping each other. Um, Let's share that helpful information and remind people about how effective influencer marketing can be, right? Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. I think that's great. So I could keep talking to you for so long. I have so many more questions to ask. I think we might need to have you back on (laughs) and (laughs) certainly at one of our next events. um, You know, we've been talking about um, doing a few more events um, where we have one scheduled actually uh, in April um, in New York, but it's certainly going to, it was actually always planning on being a digital event. So it's very timely for us. <laughs> so everyone listening should keep out, uh, keep an eye on more details on that. Um, but I feel like in the meantime, Shannon, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to want to get in touch with you. Um, we, we asked this one final question before we go today that I'm really excited to ask you. I think everyone listening um, would love to hear your insight on this. And the question being, what would you tell your younger self that would give you a professional or a personal advantage today? I would tell my younger self You have no idea where your career is going to go, and that's okay. When you work in any position with any person, be open, do the absolute best you can do, and never, ever burn a bridge because you don't know where the spiral staircase is going to take you. You shouldn't know. It's going to be a beautiful journey. And at the end of it all, you'll look back on it and say, gosh, I don't know that there actually was ever one destination the whole time. I think all of it on this continuous, never-ending spiral staircase is going to be enriching enriching, and will open up relationships and opportunity that you have no idea. So don't put so much pressure on yourself to say, this is where I need to get to. How do I get there? Because that would be the most limiting thing that you can do. I love that. You never know where your spiral staircase is going to take you. I love that so, so much. Where could everyone find you when inevitably they want to ask you more questions, connect with you and network with you? What's the best way for people to reach you? Well, I I would welcome that. And I I hope uh, anybody who's interested in chatting more will please do not hesitate to reach out. I'm on LinkedIn um, and I am at linkedin.com and my handle is just Shannon Truex. And on Instagram, it's Shannon underscore Truex. Perfect. And we're going to link all of those in the show notes um, of this episode. Shannon, it's been such a pleasure knowing you for the past few years, but particularly having you on this podcast because I get to share you with everybody. <laughs> so thank you oh, again. Thank you for that. You're such, welcome. Such a pleasure. Really appreciate having you on. Thank you everyone so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. We love comments, so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode. Join us next time and thanks for tuning in.